Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, your guide on the side. Today, I will be your superhero psychologist. We are going to be evaluating the, I guess, the psychology of superheroes. Well, you got the t-shirt on with the SC on the front. I thought that meant super coach. No. That means super cute. Oh, it's the one your wife gave you. Actually, I bought it for myself. Okay. But it fits like a charm. I love the sequins. That it actually makes beautiful. sense. You see how it glitters when I move my body? Yeah, yeah. It's glitter, great. glitter, 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 glitter. Superheroes. Are you big into the world of superheroes? I personally am not. <gasps> I always thought it was something that, like, the geeks would do. They do. Why am I looking at James? <laughs> I don't know. It <laughs> <laughs> was funny how you looked away right when I looked at you. Uh. No, I don't think. I mean, I, I used to like it when I was four. Five, six. I dressed up as a Batman and as a Superman. Okay. And then that's it. That's That was my ha- Halloween costume. That was as good as it got. Well, one time I dressed up like... Um, the Tin Man? No. Oh. Uh, was, is it Esther Prynne from The Scarlet Letter? <laughs> is that her name? <laughs> Esther? Esther Prynne? I don't know. Yeah, from The Scarlet Letter. You mean Demi Moore? No, from the... <laughs> not the movie. From the book. Okay. Scarlet Letter. It was, I just was a pregnant woman with an A on my chest, my, oh. my shirt. How did that go? Gangbusters. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I bet. But, you know, that Everybody was... Everybody knew who he was. That was pretty creative. <laughs> we, you know, we were in high school. I was in high school. Now, oh, I see. But I don't know. I'm not into superheroes. I like the movies. They're great. Okay. But they're, these people aren't real. Yeah. <laughs> So if you were going to imitate, like, surprise. I know, but so if you, so as a kid, I'd rather Spoiler watch alert. a cop show and go pretend to be a cop or a or a cowboy. Ooh, the Lone Ranger, that guy was real. So you didn't see like Guardians of the Galaxy this year? No. Okay. It sounds great. Probably one of the best movies put out this year. Yeah, in fantastic. the history of the world. No, not in the, no, no. But see, yeah, I didn't. I, I don't see a lot of movies because I'm. You know, a lot of us work. A lot of us just don't get to go to movies all day. A lot of us work at the movies. Okay. I guess let's just go to some headlines. Headliners from the Matt Townsend Show. A summary of stories that you might have missed. Dateline, the citrus industry. Wow. (laughs) How did we get there? Or the Florida citrus industry. Okay. That's how we got there. Okay. 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 Through Florida. Through Florida, yeah. Not the California citrus industry. No, this is the Florida citrus industry. Yes. Do you remember them back in the 70s? Oh, yeah, the commercials. Touting and... the whole orange juice is good for you. You Ch- should yeah. drink it every single right. day. It's because Tang was taken over. That's right. Tang was crushing them. Because of the astronauts. See? Mm-hmm. I, see, there's somebody I would, that's who I would want to be, an astronaut. Well, what if the Florida citrus industry teamed up with Marvel? Marvel Comics? Yep. Well, then you'd have to make Citrus Boy. Actually, it's Captain Citrus. No. Yeah. What does he do? Squirt juice in your eye? <laughs> yes. Here, take this. I don't know what it he does. I don't know what his special power is. But, really? uh, but no, yeah. Uh, the, seriously, the Florida citrus industry has, and Marvel has done this not with just, I mean, you've, 
Marvel characters are hot right now. Yeah. Right? Sure. Okay. So Marvel has teamed up with folks like Lexus, M&M's, Kiehl's. That's a company that sells natural skincare products. Huh. And they've also teamed up with the Florida citrus industry. It sounds like Marvel, they really are just capitalists. Okay. Less less about superheroes, more about capitalism. But they have a Captain Citrus digital comic, so you could actually look this up if you wanted to. Okay, I'm going to do and that. And it been com- it's been commissioned and paid for by the Florida orange growers. Uh, the growers have been hit hard by a disease that has hurt production and also by declining consumer demand for sure. orange juice. And so they thought superheroes. Well, actually, they did have a Captain Citrus before they went to Marvel, uh-huh. but he was just basically an orange with legs and a cape. I think I saw him at yeah, the Citrus Bowl. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, this Captain Citrus, the new one, yeah, he's cut. Uh, he's he's young and he's fit. Yeah, you see him? Yeah. There he is right there. Wow. <laughs> Captain Citrus. That's right. And he uses his solar power to help the Avengers defeat an evil villain in this comic book. <laughs> he lives in an orange grove. Captain and, Citrus. Yep. In the comic book, you see him with his family, and they're having breakfast, and you see how orange juice brings the family together and kickstarts the day. Wow. Part of a complete be- breakfast. Uh, there you go. See, I would go with Captain Chocolate Milk. <laughs> He'd be a little portly, <laughs> round guy. Big boned. Mm-hmm. Big, big boned person. <laughs> well, there, there is a division, though, of Marvel Comics called Marvel Custom Solutions, and it's been doing this for more than a decade. Really? Yes. They've done the, – the, in fact, some of the people there remember in the 60s and 70s, there were comic book characters that had little one-page strips for like Twinkies and Hostess Cupcakes. Oh, now that and things is like a superhero that. I can follow. Okay. They've also done projects with Harley Davidson and Lexus. That involves comic book art and then also some of the vehicles being put into the movies. Hmm. So. Captain America is really Captain Capitalism. There you go. This is really – by the way, uh, if you want to go check out Captain Citrus. Yes. The guy's ripped or he's just pushing – he's got like 500 <laughs> oranges, oranges down, his, <laughs> down his tights and he's he's got a 12-pack. But also uh, with this project, they've been working with educators to create teacher guides to go along with comic giveaways. So, really? Mm-hmm. But I mean, in fact, I guess, they're distributing okay. a million Captain Citrus comics. I like Captain Citrus because he's telling you to eat or He's drink. telling you to do something healthy. To do something healthy. Yes. Sure. Go drink orange juice. That's great. You want something else kind of healthy as a superhero? Captain Diet Coke. No, not happening. <laughs> but seriously, no. About two years ago, there was a story that I thought was really cool. What? Uh, we have Anthony Smith, and he's a, a little boy. At least two years ago, I think he was yeah. about five years old. And his mother was very frustrated because Anthony would check out these you know, comic book heroes and he would look up to them, but none of them ever wore a hearing aid. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Captain okay. hearing impaired. Well, so – but Anthony wouldn't wear one, wouldn't wear his hearing aid Sweet, cause the because guys the, sure. hero, the superheroes wouldn't. So there you go. mom wrote a letter to Marvel. And she sent it to an email account that was just this catch-all email account. She thought it might go into the spam folder. Yeah. But it didn't. Some editors there saw it, and they realized, wait a minute, we did have a character that lost his hearing. Back in the 80s, the character Hawkeye, who who was in the Avengers, by the way, he lost his hearing. And so they wrote to Christina and said, hey, this superhero actually lost – he wears hearing aids. Or did at one time. How cool is this? And that if Anthony wears his hearing aids, he can become an honorary Avenger. Well, Marvel wasn't really satisfied with just that. So they went out 
and uh, reached out to a gentleman by the name of, oh, where is his name? Medeiros. That's right, Manny Medeiros. And he drew up a character and called it the Blue Ear. Okay. Because that's, that's, what, yeah. that's what Anthony, the little boy, yeah. called his hearing aid was the Blue Ear. The Blue Ear. I thought it was so you have Bluetooth. this character with the blue ear, and, cool. and Maderos did this mock-up um, sort of drawing with Hawkeye and the blue ear. How cool is that? And the blue ear is this little boy. See, okay. Looking See, there cool. you go. See, mm-hmm. this is how we should use our superheroes, to get people to eat and drink healthier foods and to wear their hearing aid. Yep. And um, the little boy is now wearing his hearing aid, and mom ordered him a blue ear suit. That's cool. So, okay, I'm proud of that. Now I get it. Okay. So okay. So that's why, that's why you guys like superheroes. Yeah. That's why I eat vegetables. <laughs> no, sir. Sesame Street Let has a Captain Vegetable. Um, Popeye, one of your favorites. Oh, I love Popeye. Popeye's. Popeye's fried foods. Captain Fried Foods. No. <laughs> Popeye, the cartoon character. I love Popeye. Oh, eat your spinach. spinach. <laughs> yeah. I I ate a spinach omelet yesterday. Two okay. days ago. There you go. You love Popeye. And when I was eating it, I was thinking of Popeye. Yeah. Ah. See? I can't stand spinach. Maybe there's more psychology behind all of this. Because don't we all want to be, in some way, a superhero? Some people do. Some people want to do it more than others, yes. Well, like, yeah, Skyboy, the there old board op, mm-hmm. he used to wear actually like a unitard. I don't know what you call it, a leotard. Yep. That said Skyboy on it. Well, the leotard, does that come from Leonardo DiCaprio? No. It was oh. actually, I think, the jammies he wore as a child, but they uh, got really tight as he got older. Okay. <laughs> the dream never died. <laughs> it never died, even though we kept trying to douse it. Hey, on the show today, my friends, we are talking the psychology of superheroes, and we have Dr. Robin S. Rosenberg, who will be joining us. She is the author of the book, um, and by the way, a great blog where we're going to be talking a lot about discussing the psychology of superheroes what it says about them what it says about us could we really handle somebody that came from another planet with super strength could we handle that as a society we can't even handle each other what would we do with superman for heaven's sakes we're getting into the psychology of superheroes today you're listening to the matt townsend show right here on byu radio Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking superheroes and the psychology of uh, superheroes. Right there, John Williams' music, uh, the theme from Superman. Don't you remember watching that as a young punk? Yes, I do, actually. All four of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the first one was really cool, though. Like he caught a bullet in his mouth. I know. And then he blew smoke. Those well, were, those were good catching days. catching Lois Lane, you know, on the side of the building wasn't too bad either. See, that's what got you going when you were a young little boy. You're you like, know? Yeah. Oh, he caught the girl. Ooh, what cooties. Year, what He's year was get that? Did it say? Um, as we talk about psychology of superheroes, I, I'm a, I was a kid that uh, I don't know for some reason I never got into the Superman thing. Or I mean, I loved it. I loved watching it. Really, super cool. I like to pretend like I was Superman. Mm-hmm. In fact, I remember climbing. We had a like a play set in our backyard, and I remember climbing up. It's about a story high, one story, whatever that is, 14 feet. 
climbed to the very top and had my Superman cape on. Okay. And a plastic bag. Oh, you did the fake umbrella thing. Yeah, I did the. I, I thought I was doing a real parachute thing. No, not even close. No, and that's when I learned don't trust a cape. Is that when you learned <laughs> about Just, gravity mm-hmm. and okay. how fragile your bones are? Fragile, and mm-hmm. I fell hard. That's and Italian, fast. by the way. Is that Italian? It is. Does it mean fragile? It does. Uh, so, but here's the deal: you two are your superhero fanatics. Like, I wouldn't call myself a fanatic. Well, what's with the boots? Well, they're black. Seem pretty fanatical to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, who's your favorite superhero? James? I would say my favorite. What? Well, one of my favorites is the Green Lantern. Huge fan of the Green Lantern. Really? Yeah. Hal Jordan. Now explain yes. the Green Lantern to me, because you know, I didn't get it. You didn't get it. What? Well, what do you want to know? He's got a ring, and he can create things with his ring. And uh, he, yeah, fights evil. Um, you like that because he's got a ring. Well, I think it's cool because his his uh, ne- main nemesis is you know because with Green Lantern there's all the different sp- spectrums of light. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. each light set represents an emotion there of some go. sort. And yeah. so his his main enemy, I suppose, is is the yellow. Uh, lantern cores. Okay, which one is what, what does that? Which emotion is that? Fear. <gasps> See, yeah. See, so, but this is why there's a huge side of this that's all the psychology. We all wish we had something, either supernatural strength, uh, the ability to get rid of fear by changing colors. I guess that's what he would do. Well, he just that they have a guy, a guy who wears a, a yellow ring that Ooh. fights it. He fights against him. So he's fighting fear. Well, and the thing that's cool too is that's that cool. Green Lantern's ring is um, his, the, the power of his ring is proportionate with how much courage he has. You know, so the, the more like the ap- the more absent of fear that he is, uh-huh. um, the stronger he can be and such. See, this is why superheroes last as long as they do because I just watched him as a kid, but you two have kept him going your whole life. Yeah. Well, because wow. they're so deep, though. I mean, there's, yeah, there's so a lot much. of layers. Yeah, there's oh, so yes. much. There. They're, they're like ogres, yes. But you like yeah, exactly. Batman. Speaking I do. of ogres. I do like Batman. <laughs> Talk about Batman. Batman. What is it you love about Batman other than Other than car? the fact that I could be Batman? <laughs> Actually, yeah, no. 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 <laughs> I, 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 Nobody I, I always say that as a joke just because it's it, – Because I, of your other favorite show. Which is – what? Um, America's Funniest Home Videos? What? Is that your other favorite no. show? No. Um, no, no, because of the Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. Yeah, because Sheldon always says, well, I could be Batman. But you'd want to be – so if you could pick one of them, you'd want to be Batman. I, I Sure, if I if I felt like I wanted to be one. I don't ever feel like I want to be a superhero. I like following the stories. To me, and, and this is going to sound very, very strange, but – uh, and and I, it may turn somebody off of of comic books, but I seriously think comic books are just a geek's soap opera. I do too. I think it's a Harlequin romance for geeks. It is. That's exactly what it is. But but I'm attracted to that, and I admit it. The Harlequin romance or the geek? no the geek the geek so, <laughs> the geek soap opera. See, but I mean because it has a different you know you don't have Comic Con. Hello. Oh yeah, no kidding. There's an industry that's thriving and taking off right now because of all of this. Exactly. In fact, let's do this. Let's open up the phones. I want to hear oh, yeah. from everybody. I want to hear from you. 
who is your favorite superhero and why? one eight five five chat byu one eight five five chat byu who is your favorite superhero? And it could be anybody because apparently there's tens of millions, including Citrus Man. There is Citrus Man. Uh, there's Guacamole Joe. He's a great one. <laughs> I haven't seen him yet. Guac. They call him Guac. <laughs> uh, he's a relative of G.I. Joe. The Guac. Yeah, but he's south of the border. Uh, Guac Joe. And um, uh, uh, the, by the way, Aquaman. Do you remember Aquaman? I do remember Aquaman. Do you realize Aquaman lost his hand? Really? And now has a harpoon for a hand. Really? Yes. Shark. I bet it was a shark. I don't. I don't know how it, it was happened. From Shark Week. Oh, dun, dun, dun. tell me that's not a combination. <laughs> I never liked Aquaman. I felt bad really? for Aquaman. Why? Because he's got scales, and, and he only could do stuff that was valuable in the water. Oh, so he's useless he on land. Outside the water. Well, I know, but he'd have to go to an aquarium and do something. True. Well, Seriously, he became though, kind of a nomad, though. In the, I mean, he's like, can I borrow books? your pool? I've got to do something amazing. But in the Justice League, I mean, what does he do? You know, I mean, they have an alien that comes and attacks Earth. He's like, let me call all the creatures of the sea to mm-hmm. help. Let's yeah. bring all the dolphins and tuna. They're going to help. Is irrelevant if, you know, if we're going to fight this on land. Yeah. So okay. what would Aquaman do against ISIS? Oh. Not, well, not ISIS. the superhero ISIS. I'm oh, talking I see. the terrorists. Oh, I, it's a I desert was going for, the for TV heaven's show sakes. There. We're not calling Aquaman. No. Who would we call? Who the call? Ghostbusters? Yeah. <laughs> no, not superheroes. <laughs> Those are just – they're just regular Joes that run a business. Yeah. So we need a superhero. Who would you call to take on ISIS? The Flash. Just because there's his speed, he would get mm-hmm. it done really, really quickly. He can make he can make a really big snow uh, sandstorm. Ooh. Cover yeah. them all in sand. Then, yeah. Or yeah. or Superman, who could, you know, yeah, just use his, his breath and... That was always weird. Blow the, and it was. That was kind of strange. Like, I'm going to get you by blowing on you. Mm-hmm. That's what I do with my kids when they tell me my breath is bad. But what, <laughs> the thing that I find funny, though, about these characters, do you remember when Superman died? Yes. And they had that issue of the comic book where Superman no. just died? Who, no, he, it was Lois Lane that died. No, 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 no. And he no. flew backwards. I'm talking about the comic book, not the movie. I know. I don't read the comic book. I books. know you don't. <laughs> Those are Harlequin romances. But it was seriously big news. Because Superman can't die. But he did. With a bullet. They killed off Superman. With a kryptonite no. bullet. Nope. How'd they kill him? There was a, a creature that- Oh, don't say it, because ISIS, we don't want them to know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> don't give him any clues. There's a creature by the name of Doomsday who beat him down, basically. Wore him down. Yeah, that's too sad. That's but, why that doesn't make the movies. It happened, though. But if there's one thing that's true in the Marvel Universe or in the DC Universe is that nobody stays dead. That is true. <laughs> Superman did come back. Yeah, if you die, you're going to probably and come back. And more, more recently than that, they're killing off Wolverine now. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, so, you know what? That's going to make way for a whole other series, though. Yeah, how Wolverine comes back. Oh, Citrus Man and Cocoa Puff. Oh man, that that would be an incredible team up. Those three: Wolverine, Citrus Puff. Okay, uh, Citrus. You guys aren't psychologists, uh, incredible. But no. But and we got to take a break. But I'm just going to pose the question. You can answer it when we come back. Okay. Or any of you can out there in listener land. One eight five five chat BYU or tweet us at BYU Radio. Here's the question: What does it say about me if I relate more to Captain Crunch than Captain than Captain America? America? You answer that. Okay. Answer me that. Riddle me this, Batman. 
We're going to take a break, my friends. We're going to continue the discussion of the psychology of superheroes and maybe, honestly, some of the best heroes on Earth aren't even super. They're just average folks like you and me. We'll get to it, folks, throughout the show. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. This is really one of my favorite songs. This is from the Olympics. John Williams, Call of the Champions. But it's a specific Olympics. This is the Utah Olympics. That's right. They're running, if you watch the video, they're running through Moab. Mm-hmm. Red Rock. Arches, Red Rock. Mm! Those were good days, good times. Call of the Champions, folks. And today we're talking about superheroes and the superheroes of life, the superheroes in your life. We would love to hear from you. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. Who are your favorite, I guess, superheroes? Those uh, real and imagined. Let's, but, you know, I'd love to hear about who I have are, no problem with real superheroes. No. I mean, if you've got one. Yeah. And there's a million of them. Merritt's going to come on in a while, and she's got, she's got a list of tens of millions. Of wow. Superheroes. That's a huge list, Merritt. She's been working for weeks. Um, but on the phone, we have a, a caller calling. Robert uh, wants to get in here. Robert, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Howdy, sir. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Excellent. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Okay. Uh, I'm going to bet your superhero is... Um, Wyatt Earp. Matumbo. Oh. Dikembe Matumbo. Well, I guess it has to be somebody real. We can go with Chuck Norris. <laughs> Chuck Norris. There you go. No, but that really isn't. Well, welcome from uh, from Houston. Who really is your superhero, if it's not Chuck Norris? So uh, the one I called in for today was for Link from The Legend of Zelda. Okay. Now explain for the rest of us that aren't so uh, video game friendly, tech savvy. Talk about Link. Why do you like Link? Well... Uh, the Legend of Zelda has turned into this, this big 25-year uh, anthem from Nintendo, but it, the basic story for each video game basically starts off with some little boy that doesn't know much about his future or his destiny, somehow meets the destiny one day, and he winds up having to save the world or save the kingdom. Hmm. And, uh, and I, I really have always enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, and the other aspect I've always enjoyed is that Link, in order to, to save the day or save the kingdom, Always have to use his intellect, solve puzzles, uh, solve problems, and at the end of the day, uh, everything works out. Now, is Link? Link is the little green guy with the blonde hair, right? That's right. The green clothes, like a little, like a little. Uh, I don't know what you'd call it. He's Hyrulean. Yeah, right, exactly. But he is, he, and he has a sword, and he goes in and has to figure stuff out and find. Coins or uh, find jewels. Yeah, I'm not sometimes it's solving some type of puzzle in order to get from one spot to the next. There's yeah. some obstacle you have to overcome. See, so how does that relate to you, Robert? This is we're going to do a little therapy session here. Uh oh, <laughs> but here you are. You're, you want to save the kingdom. You're out, and, but you have to use your intellect. You have to figure things out. 
and solve problems. Yes, exactly. And that's, and, uh, that's very relatable uh, to me. I think uh, everyday life, especially at work and things, I'm always looking for ways to get things done, uh, solve problems, get things done faster. Um, and that particularly relates to home, uh, raising three young children. Hmm. Uh, there's always uh, there's always ways to get things uh, done better, smarter, faster. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I guess I do kind of see myself as a link a little bit in that respect that you know, trying to get things done and solve those problems. And uh, and you, but you don't do it with a sword, right? You don't go around. Do do your do your kids have heroes that they have you have you introduced them to Link yet? Uh, I have. In fact, uh, we have a little kind of a game going on right now where if they're good for the day, I'll sit them down and I'll tell them one of the stories of of, of Link from his legends. Huh. They Princess Zelda. There you go. Well, that's we didn't even mention Princess Zelda. I mean, Link is really he's in search of Princess Zelda. That's right. Yeah, Link is a hero, but it's the Legend of Zelda, who yeah. almost always is the princess. Yeah. Hey, did you find a Zelda in your world, Robert? I did seven and a half years ago. Excellent. See, so for those out there listening, Link is a real story. Yeah. <laughs> and they live in Houston. Are you a blonde, Robert? Not today. Okay. Well, work on it. <laughs> do what you got to do, my friend. Well, I think that's awesome. I appreciate the call. I really do. I think it's pretty cool. Um, I, like, Link is one I relate to. But, okay. But Link's not, you know, Superman. Link's just a little punky boy that just is going to go find Zelda. Exactly. So I I play Zelda. I play the Zelda games. Well, obviously, myself, you but... knew Herulian. Yes. <laughs> Once again, affirming your geekdom, oh, your geekness. Thank you. Is what's the word? I don't know. I'm geekified. Yeah. Okay. You know that, but Robert, look at that. He's fluent in Zelda. <laughs> there you go. That's really cool. I, you know, if we're going to video games. Uh oh. I like Mario Brothers. Oh. I love Mario Brothers. What about Super Mario Brothers? I don't know. I don't know which one I play. I play the one on a cart where I chase my kids around okay, and that's, try to that's, shoot them with, that's Mario with kart. shells. With shells. Yeah. That's Mario Kart. Yeah. I'm good Which is at it. fun. It's way fun. I know. Now, you think about it. In today's day and age, though, the, super, the superheroes tend to be uh, performers, musicians, yeah. NFL. Oh, yes. But athletes they're are – They're falling apart. I know. I mean, you don't see Link getting caught in some major embarrassing. Well, I don't know. I've I've killed off Link a number of times when I've played the game. <laughs> well, but see, that was you. <laughs> okay. But like these football players, we try to make them superheroes. Charles Barkley said, "Hey, I'm not a role model." He did say that. That's why we have to turn to these other superheroes. Mm-hmm. It happens. What happened to the day that your dad was just your superhero? I think that still exists. At least I hope it does. Well, now that my kids know about Citrus Man. Oh, we'll forget it now. I mean, they're going to say, Dad, you're not ripped like Citrus Man. Right. But you give me a tight T-shirt and give me six oranges, I'll have a six-pack for you. (laughs) It sounds weird, but I'll do it. I'm not even even Herulean. (laughs) Today, folks, we're talking about superheroes. I want to hear from you, one 855 Chat BYU one eight five five Chat BYU. Who are your favorite 
superheroes. Who are the superheroes we should hold up and let America see? Who are the ones that really make the difference? Instead of just making a superhero that really makes a great toy, why don't we go figure out which superhero has the best character, which are the ones we should be holding up? Like a link. That was perfect. Saving the kingdom, using his intellect to solve his problems, and chasing after the Princess Zelda. Can't go wrong. I mean, that just sounds honestly like James's weekend right there. Yeah. Saving the kingdom, using his intellect. Saving the princess? Chasing the princess Mallory. What's your girlfriend's name? Molly. 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 Yep. Well, you got the you got the bad guy you have to defeat in the in the Zelda game to save Zelda. Who is the bad guy in Zelda? Ganon. Ganon. Or Ganondorf. Hold Ganondorf, on. Wasn't yeah. Ganon a quarterback for... Rich Ganon. Yeah, Rich Ganon was mm-hmm. quarterback for the uh, Raiders. Yes, exactly. So he's the bad guy. Yeah, he, yeah, he is. He's the enemy of all good guys that exist. See, it's always going to be an NFL player. It's always going to yes. come back to the NFL. <laughs> and the Raiders? Hey. And the Raiders. <laughs> Say no more. Hey, um, uh, this is pretty cool. Uh, I didn't think of video games, but I like Mario Kart. That'll work. That's a really good superhero for me. It is. It was a really bad movie, but it's a very pretty good yeah. video game. Oh, there was a movie. Oh, yeah. There oh, was a yeah. Mario movie. Lone Ranger is going to go down in history. One of the greatest. Uh the movie or the TV series? Not the you always go to the movies. I'm talking about The Lone Ranger. Well, I'm just trying to figure out what your reference is. Here. He was real. I, probably. Totally. I saw him. As okay. a kid, I saw him. With the mask? Yeah. Uh-huh. And the hat? What about Gene Autry? Don't know him. Okay. No, it, was, it wasn't Gene Autry. And Trigger? And tri- it wasn't Trigger. This was a real, I saw The Lone Ranger. Wow. And his sidekick, Tonto. Mm. Which, in Spanish, isn't good. No, it's it derogatory. <laughs> they said that in the movie. Did because, they say yes, that? They did that. Which is sad. I don't know why they did that to Portanto. But um, we're going to take a break, my friends. We're going to continue to to discuss superheroes. Who's your favorite? Who stands out as one we we must not forget? And by the way, where are the ladies? Yeah, no kidding. Where are the ladies representing in the superhero world? Or is everybody just after a citrus six-pack? <sighs> There's got to be more to life than citrus six-packs. Right, Merritt? Merritt says, nope. You can't get enough citrus. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Merritt's going to be in the house, I believe. She's going to teach us about some real-life humans, just true blue human beings who are also playing the role of superheroes. We'll take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Smack! Pow! <laughs> Ker plunk! Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about superheroes. And, uh, you know, what they teach us about ourselves, what they teach us about life. And we, you know, we'll go get the book. We'll go get the figure and the play. What do they call them? The, the, the figurine. What do they call it? Action them? figure. Action figure. Figurine. <laughs> I like a little, I was thinking a little Wolverine. Superman. I was thinking, I was thinking <laughs> a little Wolverine figurine. Um, but the funny thing about it is we we can be marketed to that these things are important, but this has been going on forever. We've always had heroes and superheroes. No, it's totally true. I mean, as, as far back as you look, I mean, even if you uh, 
Think about Greek culture. You have kind of these like demigods, right? Like Hercules. People loved Hercules. Hercules. He was my son's favorite. Yeah. You know, Earth from all of these titans, and so it's it's an ancient tradition. By the way, we need a Hercules right now. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. We have a lot of titans that are trying to take over. Yeah, like yeah. Well, like yeah, Apple titans. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of mad right now. Uh, Facebook titan. Yeah, there's that. I was thinking more like Ebola. And, oh, yeah. You know, but... Blah, those are fine. Okay. We'll be fine. Hey, joining us right now, Merit Meekum, uh, The she, she likes to have us refer to her as the all-knowing. Oh, really? Because... You know, I don't know that I mind that, no. so you can keep that up. But... Because you nobody does more research than Merit for the show. Nobody. I don't think... I think I do more research about life than most people do, yeah. like in their college career. Is that what is like, that what you do? You just study. Well, I, if I find something that's interesting, I just can't stop myself. I want to know everything about it. Wow! Which is why I left the library with three books about Citizen Kane the other day. Really? Because I wanted to know more about it. Yeah. You know what, Rosebud? That's all you need to know. <laughs> it's true. That is supposedly. <laughs> There's probably more. Be, of that. No, you probably have read more into it. Yeah, yeah. We gave you an assignment to go find some true blue heroes from today's day and age. Yeah, there definitely are some heroes. And I tried to find people that weren't, I don't know, there are definitely heroes who like, I I read quite a few about people who like pulled people out of cars. Yeah. Which is cool. Who can't do that? That is really cool. That's really cool. But I feel like that aligns too much with our idea of like a real superhero. And what I was trying to get at is people who actually exist probably all around us right who are superheroes and i mean even if you just think about it for a while if it how you define heroes somebody who is revered and who has saved you in some way mm-hmm. and if you just think of that i can think of so many people who are like that to me like my friend is my hero um i have professors who are my heroes yeah. and my parents are and so but, once you start doing that but, and, and your talk show and host. the talk show host matt yeah, i just wanted to add that one for yeah me. he is definitely a hero <sighs> whatever so I found some really cool things yeah. that some really cool people did that they definitely didn't have to do. They were not compelled Here to be a go. hero that's, at all. And that's what is truly Which awesome. is why everybody out there in listener land, we could all do this for anyone in our lives. Okay, no, let's go. Yeah, it's completely true. So the Cincinnati Bengals had an injured player, Devin Still. He had um, injured his hamstring. And he was also really preoccupied because his four-year-old daughter was had um, – leukemia and they were going through all of the chemotherapy and things and so when it came to um the final roster deduction and they were going through all this training and stuff he definitely wasn't doing well i mean he was injured he was upset and he was pretty sure that yeah he was going to be kicked off the team that he wouldn't even he would be out of a job but the Bengals signed him onto the practice squad meaning that he could keep his medical insurance and still get paid even though he wasn't beyond the games. Oh, and that's so, cool. I mean, even though he really couldn't even play, yeah. they signed him onto this practice squad so that he could keep his health insurance. And um, he, yeah, he said that they realized that life isn't 100% football. And this is a quote from him. But they thought about my personal issues and allowed me to come back on the practice squad so I still have my insurance. They said if the, I keep working on healing – my injury and mentally prepare myself to focus on football. They can move me back up the roster so I'm not all the way out the loop. So they are really just giving him an awesome chance, keeping him on, being supportive That's when crazy. he really needs support. So I thought that was a really By cool the way, story. the cost of her treatment is expected to be at least a million dollars, Yeah, which would have just tipped him over. Oh, no. Yeah. 
That's amazing. So, That's cool. See, and again, awesome. so we all laugh at the NB or the NFL and they're having a hard time and a hard they go. They are having a hard time right now. But the owners and leaders of one team just step up and say, no, we're going to change yeah, the life. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is it only takes one person. That's right. And that by change. the way, they've been on like Monday Night Football or they've been – I can't remember when I saw it. They made a big deal about the story. And when mm-hmm. you just watch the story, you're like, okay, these guys are heroes. Yeah. And by the way, not even the football side of it, just the human side of it. Yeah, because they cared for another person. Love it. Um, This next person, Bridget Cutler, she's like that as well. She is a mom in New Providence, New Jersey. And a few years ago, she read a magazine article that completely changed her outlook on life. She read that um, it costs up to $250,000 to raise a child in the United States. I mean, sorry, close to. I mean, that's kind of the bottom. How much is it? Two fifty. dollars Two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Oh, see, that's but mostly you, that's like five times people make in yeah. what people. Make well, that's if you have like a really and that's if you smart have like a good kid. job. Yeah, <laughs> I and mean, if you have like an average kid, it's probably two hundred. <laughs> that's a lot of money. No, but it is a lot. And if you, I mean, if you add any complications into oh. that, that rate goes up. Anyway, she was reading an article about a mother who had decided to give up her child for adoption because she really just couldn't provide. Yeah. She wasn't earning enough money, and she felt so badly that she wasn't giving the child the life she deserved, that her baby was so hungry that she always was crying. And so she decided to give her child up for adoption so that she could have a better chance at life. Oh, wow. Which is terribly upsetting. And so Bridget Cutler was very upset by that. And so the next day, she went and she called all of her friends who were moms, (laughs) and they started collecting gently used baby items, just all of the, you know, the kind of things. Baby grow out of clothes so quickly. So they have millions of them. And so they just started to pull stuff together, and they had a – they managed to get enough that they had basically a garage sale. They put everything out in the front yard and invited people oh, to come geez. take it if they needed it. Everything was free. And it was an enormous success, and people were incredibly grateful. And so Bridget wanted to do more. Let's do it again. But there wasn't anything for her to do. She was trying to look for a foundation or something, yeah. but there wasn't any. And so she founded a foundation herself. It's called Moms Helping Moms. It's become her full-time job Wow! Um, in between taking care of her kids. Yeah. And so she is – she raises money and she works through um, – social workers and other nonprofits in order to give homeless moms, teen moms, and families who've just been having a hard time to give them a boost, to pay for their diapers for a yeah. month, to you know, pay for formula, to buy some clothes. And so it's really awesome, practical help. And she just stepped up and provided that. By the way, I bet she's done more to change the world than the old uh, superhero ISIS. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> So we hold up these these fake superheroes, and yet in our communities we have heroes there all the time. Yeah, Somebody's really, raising the money for really the cancer think about society. Them. I mean, right. we, there are all these you know crossing guards mm-hmm. and lunch ladies, teachers, and, and teachers, and just tiny little people. I had a you know people who check you out shop, shop clerks sometimes can totally change oh, my day. Yeah. You know, so it, it's good to recognize That's them. Really cool. This last story. Good is job, moms. My favorite. Okay. Um, the. Uh, Designer Carrie Hammer has um, gotten in the news a lot recently because she developed a fashion line and had – there was a YouTube video for people with disabilities. And she featured some people with disabilities on her um, runway. And so it was this really cool thing that went around. I thought it was very touching. Um, But that was last February for the New York Fashion Show. There was a woman, Karen Crespo, who found that movie absolutely life-changing because she had – 
lost four, all four of her limbs to bacterial meningitis. She was oh, a quadruple amputee. And she had been just having a really hard time with life. I mean, well, yeah. How understandably. Do you, you're starting to lose limb by limb by limb. Yeah, and she just didn't really know what her identity was anymore. Yeah. She never felt like she could be as valued or as beautiful. And she saw that video and she said, um, a light bulb went off. I had an aha moment. I thought, I have a purpose in my life. This is what I can do, even though I feel so helpless in so many other regards. This is what I can do. And so she wrote the designer, Carrie Hammer, an email and just said, thank you so much for doing this and kind of shared her story. For, for designing a line of clothing for somebody with, with disability. So for people in wheelchairs specifically yeah. and then having those people model the clothing at the fashion show. Um, but Carrie Hammer wasn't going to let it stop there. She called Karen back, contacted her and said – um, she, when she read the note, she was completely emotionally moved. She didn't know she would ever have made that much of a difference to somebody. And so she invited Karen to come and be a model for her show. And she even found out that um, Karen had gotten her prosthetics stolen off her front porch. They were delivered to her and somebody had stolen oh, them. Oh, no way. And so she didn't even have the prosthetics that she needed. And so um, Carrie Hammer contacted a prosthetics company and got uh, – Karen, another set with plenty of time. They were state of the art, completely uh-huh. nice. She got trained in these new prosthetics. And then Karen got to come and model a dress to be at the fashion show the next year. And um, the cool thing about that is she's, she was the uh, the role model. They have yeah. the role model for their, their models. And so that's what she was able to do. And both of those women are still working together to raise awareness about disabilities. By the way, to, two heroes. Yeah. Definitely. So two people who are making a difference. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I totally love it. Um, it reminds me of a story uh, that Elder Bednar, who's uh, one of the leaders of the LDS Church, he's a member of the presiding leadership of the LDS Church. He told a story about uh, his friend that bought a truck. Mm-hmm. You remember the story? Yeah. And the wife didn't really want him to buy the truck because it was kind of a waste of money. They thought and they didn't have the money. And he's like, look, what if we get in a storm and, you know, I'm the only one that can go out in the truck and get the milk for the kids. You'll appreciate it then. And the, the woman basically said, well, if we buy the truck, we won't be able to afford the milk to go out there and do it. <laughs> well, so when he finally bought the truck, he wanted to take it up. It was right before winter. And he started driving it up in the mountains to just see what it could do. He's going to go chop some wood. <laughs> he got up to where he wanted to chop the wood. He pulled off and um, the road and uh, the truck got stuck. And when it got stuck, it was totally not going anywhere. So he decided, I'm just going to go get the wood. And he took the, he cut down some trees and started, you know, getting the wood ready. Put the wood in the back of the truck, filled the truck to the top. Then he was going to walk down the hill and go back to his get a help mm-hmm. where his cell phone would work. Gets in the truck, says he's going to try it one more time. Starts it, turns it over, boom. Truck can move. He drives out. In four-wheel drive, pulls out and gets out. Moral of the story is sometimes you need a load to get some movement in life. Yeah, I love that example. And these two ladies have a load. I mean, they—it's a hard thing. You lose four, you lose, you lose four different limbs to some weird disease or whatever or whatever bacteria. That's the power of a superhero, folks. Superheroes take their load and they go make progress. And then the rest of us get to watch in awe. You don't need to be Batman. You don't need to be Superman to change the world. You could just be you. Either going back, giving back to community, serving, or you know, taking your disability 
and just moving on with it and teaching the rest of us how to be happy. We're going to take a break, my friends. When we come back, we're going to continue this discussion and talk about role models right here on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show, the second hour. Again, continuing our discussion of superheroes. That is the script. The song is superheroes. In the house is one of the great superheroes of the Matt Townsend Show. Heather Ann Johnson, MS, stands for Married Sister. Married <laughs> Sister. She's our married sister. (laughs) How are you, Sister Johnson? I don't know, but we still have not gotten like that right quite yet. We need a better intro to you. We got to figure that intro out. Well, let me me complete it. Uh, You're on faculty here at BYU. Mm -hmm. You um, do a lot of local television. You're the producer and director of the Listen to Your Mother show in northern Utah. You also are the creator, inventor, and you have named... Your website, familyvolley.com. Yes. Which is an online advice column that aims to share solid, trusted advice with your readers about family and marriage and life. All that, yep. You've also written a book in 2011. Yes. 2011. Family Fun Fridays. You can uh, use them any day of the week. I've, I've heard you've got Family Fun Saturday through Thursday. Mm-hmm. Coming out in the next six years, one six years. each year. One each year. We're working on it. Working and on it. now here's the key. Here's the key. First, who's your favorite superhero? Superman. Really? What, what is like it? Superman. Let's just talk about that. What What is it about Superman, Heather, that just makes you think? Mm. You know, <laughs> Superman. You know what? I like Superman for a couple of reasons. I like Superman because. He kind of comes here not knowing the powers he possesses. He's humble. And I really appreciate That's that. That's cool. That's really cool. I, You know, when I think about him, not just as an individual, but I like him for a, a, a family superhero yeah. also. Uh-huh. You know, he comes with all these skills, not just skills, these powers that mm-hmm. superheroes have, these things he can do. But he has no idea. I like that. And so he has to decide, one, what is this? Mm-hmm. Then he has to decide to use it for good. And before he can use it for good, he's got to hone in on those skills. Yeah. I mean, we see him practice, you know, the eye tricks and the flying sure. and that. And he, he fails a lot before Don't you he gets think it right. He should have just <clears throat> gone the football route. <laughs> I mean, the guy could have played in the he, NFL. He could have played anywhere. He really could. But I guess he chose to save the world. It wasn't for the money. Um, what, uh, what you're going to teach us, though, is there really are some people in our lives that should be our superheroes. Right. And we never we don't pay attention to them. Well, in superheroes, really we're talking about role models here. Right. right? We're talking about looking at these people, whether they're fictional like Superman or whether, you know, we're related or it's a teacher or, you know, it's someone we read about in our community. These are role models, people we look up to. Yeah. And so for children and for families, but especially for kids in our families, we want their superheroes to be us. Yeah, that's right. We want their superheroes to be their mom and dad. That's what we want. Now, that doesn't mean we don't want other ones, but we really want to do things in our home so that our kids look at us and say, man, my mom and dad, they're my role models. That's who I want to be like. That's why I always work out in front of my kids. (laughs) You know what I mean? I want them to see. The muscles. It's all about the muscles, right? That they could be like me. 
<laughs> that they can but do they don't that. seem to pay attention. Isn't that sad? It is kind of sad. But we're we're supposed to be our our children's role models, and yet I guess a lot of us are busy, or what is it? We don't sure. know. We don't get it. We maybe we don't get the role we're supposed to play. Right, and and that is really where we start. We have to decide that we want to be the kind of parent that can be seen as their role model. Right. right? Now we are not implying that we become best friends with them. That's not what we're trying to no. do. Yeah. Because. Those are lines we don't want, no. that we don't want to cross. But we are saying that there's a, some things we can do so that our kids better understand the contribution that we're making and the power of that role model relationship mm-hmm. with us. And so the first thing as parents that we want to make sure we're doing is we have to teach our kids values. <clears throat> what do you? Okay, we always talk about that. We do. We always talk about it. And it, it, there's the obvious. We obviously need to teach them yeah. right and wrong and honesty and compassion in those values. But when it comes to role models, when we teach our kids values, we're actually teaching them guidelines for role models. Hmm. So when we teach them values, we're teaching them what to look for. In role models. In others. Okay, in others, great. right? Yeah. And so whether it's they're, they're finding them in us as their parents uh-huh. or they're looking out to a neighbor who, who exemplifies what it is we've taught them. If we don't teach them values, then they're going to find role models that don't exemplify what it is we want them to become or to do. Yeah. So we have to start with values. Right. We've got to start there. Now, there's a key to this, though. We want to make sure that when we're teaching them values, they understand the difference between admiration and envy. Okay. So because we can admire somebody, right. but you don't want to go wanting – you don't want to be them. Right. We need to – we want we want to admire them for the right values and not envy them. And oftentimes, oftentimes children don't realize that. They see someone, usually a pop star, mm-hmm. usually someone who's – Oh, not always – a little more fake just yeah. because that's the lifestyle. That's their that, industry, right, right? their industry. And so they look at that and they think, oh, I envy you, meaning I want your clothes or I want your friends right. or I want your fame or your money. Those aren't the values we want our children to aspire to in a role model. Or some freakish trait. Right. Like being 6'8". Right. <laughs> I mean if, if you're 6'8", sure. that's freaky. That's a that's a that's that's an anomaly. That's something that – you know, you, it's hard to be six foot sure, eight sure. or it's like to have that raspy voice of Adele. Right. Like Sean always sits here and says, oh, I'd give anything to sing like Adele. And um, I'm like, OK, it's, it's but it sounds like happen. envy. Right. It is. It, we become envious. And the funny thing is the six foot eight or the voice, there's usually the envy behind it. Well, why do we want the voice? Ooh, because it makes us famous, because it makes us money, right. because it makes us. And so when we're teaching our children or raising them so that they're seeking out right or good role models, uh-huh. those values have to be at the base of all of it. So you, you've got to look for you got to look beyond her voice right. to something else, to her what, work ethic, right, her right. character. Right. If you're going to decide that she's a role model, yeah. that's what we want our children to see. We that's want cool. them to look past those things. And that comes from them understanding that difference between admiring someone or envying them. I love that. So we have to teach that. Now, there's a lot of research done when it comes to self-efficacy in us as individuals and role modeling. Self-efficacy is an individual's perception of their ability to do something, okay. right? Yeah. Which is what we're trying to teach our children. Right. We want them to have a high self-efficacy, a really high perception of their ability to accomplish things. That's cool. So to do that, we want to give them very similar role models. To to, to what themselves. we're – To their value. Yeah. So somebody right. that – you don't want to give them somebody that's completely out of their 
Right. We don't want to say league, Realm, although it fits yeah. superheroes really well. It does. But we want them to even come right down to role modeling in similar features, mm-hmm. even hair color. You know, if you're if I'm gonna look to someone as a role model and they are totally different than I am, yeah. it's very hard for me to relate and feel yeah. or perceive that I have a high ability to do or become what they're what right. they are or who they are. And so we want to put a role model in front of them that's very similar. But it's not just similar in looks. We can go the other way and it can be similar in values. Hmm. So it's putting someone there or helping them seek out someone who contains all those values and skills that they hope to have. I love that. Well, and then it can still run in the channel of their values. Right. So the values can stay the same and then we can maybe elevate their game. Right. From there. And another kind of just – it's almost like a challenge. You know, we want a similar role model. We want to do that. But we also want to maybe consider challenging them to seek out a role model who has strengths where they're weak. Yeah. So the way we look at it is maybe we help our children seek out a role model who's very outgoing and comfortable in social situations because our child is very shy. Mm -hmm. And so they can learn to admire or pattern their behavior and their life after this person to then strengthen their weaknesses. I like that. And that's a really cool thing to do. It takes some time and obviously it's a challenge. But even for all of us as adults, you know, seek out someone who is doing what we can't yet, mm-hmm. and strive to become that person. That's how I. Like that. That's how I. It's that's how I picked my daughter's husband. You you, you picked him for her. <laughs> Actually, no. Does she know that? No, they okay. just showed up. Just they were dating. <laughs> it was a secret. It was. They didn't tell me till for years. But <laughs> but it's funny because we want we want them to have the values are a really big thing too when we're dating, and right. so this is all, all goes in alignment. Right. You're really marrying a role model. Right. We ha- and we do, and that's okay. You know, when we get married and we have the, our families, we think, oh, if they're better than us, then that makes us less of a person. But that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Anywhere they're strong. Let that strength become our – let's yeah. let's learn from that. Let them be our yeah. teacher and make our weaknesses strength. Versus pulling everybody down. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Okay, so hang we on. Let's start do with this. values. We got, okay, we got, we got the values um, and, and we're going to go a little bit longer because – We can. We can. <laughs> and, and we got Heather Ann here. Heather Ann Johnson. And Heather's going to keep teaching us about role models. So you as uh, you know, a parent out there, you be thinking – are your values aligned? Do your children even know what your values mm-hmm. are? Are they crystal clear? And is that what we're focusing on growing and strengthening? What if you were the hero, the superhero of values and morals for your children? Powerful, powerful role to have. We'll take a break. More when we come back right here on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. There's Spider-Man. That's the one I grew up on right there. Uh, that is the original cartoon theme song. Mm. Classic. I'm in the house with Heather Ann Johnson. Now, Heather's telling me she's not overly motivated by these uh, superheroes. I'm not. Except you did like Superman. I do like – if and I you, need to choose one, I like Superman. And notice you went for his humility, which is a value. You went for a value principle, his humility. Yeah, I admire that in him. You didn't go for his muscles. No. You didn't go for that little curly cue in his hair. 
They're not real. You didn't go for the tights. <laughs> no, no, not 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 men in tights. Not so much. Uh, so when your when your husband met you, was he wearing a cape? Was he no cape, just tights. Capeless but tights. <laughs> no, neither. <laughs> Awkward. So he sounds like Aquaman. <laughs> Aquaman. Does he have scales? He doesn't have – just some webbing. During <laughs> during the break, I was showing you Citrus, Captain Citrus. Right. You weren't impressed. Not so much. I I mean the object is what of Captain Citrus to get people to drink orange juice or mm-hmm. eat more citrus fruit. Yeah. And so when I see that as far as advertising goes, I would be much more inclined to drink more juice or buy more oranges if it was, for example, a mom and she yeah. was using those products to make her life easier. Yes. Raising her kids. That's what – that would get me to go out and buy orange juice. See, but you're not a man. I know. So for you – Actually, I don't like that one. But if you had Batwoman right. eating an orange, right? I'd probably want some maybe, citrus. Maybe I mean it sounds creepy, but I think that's marketing A little bit. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, it works. Again, I'm not a marketing expert. Hey, if it works, <laughs> if orange juice sales go up, then yeah, by all we'll means – We'll see about that. You were teaching us about the importance of of parents being the superheroes. We could be the role models. We can be their role models. We should be. We should be. Absolutely. And so we've started with the need to teach them values, not just because they need to know values. Yeah. But they need to have a very, very value-based foundation in order to choose good role models. Give me five values. Go. Oh, gosh. Just so I know what you're talking about. So everything, again, from humility and honesty, compassion, Sacrifice, empathy, service, love, caring. Right there. Devotion, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. All those really Hard good work. Values. Those, are, those are values versus uh, money, know, money, fame, fame the ability to dunk, mm-hmm. a great voice. Right. Okay. So we want them to see those values. These are, these are core values mm-hmm. we want them to base and pattern their behavior and their lives after. And again, I think that's cool because then you could watch one of these shows that have all the superheroes and you could just say, what we really learned from that is look how hard he worked. Look how he never gave up. Right. And you could point out all these great values. Right. We believe in that. It also keeps us from from having them watch things on television or through the media and letting those negative influences take control. No, totally. And it keeps them from making the choices that would lead them down a road that was that was poorly influenced yeah. because they have that value system, which leads us to another really important thing. And that is the fact that as parents, we need to help them build their self-esteem also. Yeah. They have to believe in themselves. We can have a million role models who can be fantastic, fabulous people, including parents. But if our children don't believe in themselves first. Oh, huge. We're going to run into a lot of trouble. We don't want them to think that they're not good enough as who they are. Right. Otherwise, they're thinking, well, if I don't look like her or make money like him or if I don't become that like my role model, then I'm of no worth. Yeah, you've got nothing. So we can't do that. So we want to make sure that they know who they are. And there's two camps on this. You know, there's there's clearly an argument that some people have that it's not our job as parents to help influence a child's self-esteem. I fall on the other side. Yeah, well, I'm a firm believer that as parents, it's our job to help facilitate. Well, can we destroy it? We can destroy it. So Absolutely. if we can destroy it, we ought to help it. We ought to help Hello? it. Hello. Right. So things like providing them challenges, showing them love. Mm-hmm. You know, you can never show a child too much love. It's yeah. impossible. Right. So love them, challenge them, be sure we're not labeling them. Make sure that our feedback is constructive and positive instead of belittling and betraying. Those types of things help our children believe in their own abilities. We want to do that. Don't do everything for them. Right. I mean you're trying to teach them all of these values, sacrifice, service, hard work. So we're not saying that we take away – 
you know, the hard work yeah. or give them everything. But we are saying that we love them cool. and that when we're teaching them, we do it in a positive manner. Now, lots of times parents will say, well, I want them to choose good role models outside of myself. Who's that going to be? The media is filled with all these yeah. things. And a really great suggestion I love to throw out is to teach them about their ancestors. I love it. So we don't always think that, but this is the perfect place when we're looking for role models to look right back to our you know, genealogy, go yeah. to our ancestors, and teach our children about the men and women who came before them. It is such a cool place for them to latch onto in a sense. Yeah. You know, your great grandfather, his work ethic and share that story. I love or that. Or he went through this struggle or when he was your age or she was your age, I know that she had trouble here and this is how she overcame it. And the research talks about this, right? I mean, when you share these stories of overcoming, of Absolutely. strong strength, I mean, it, it helps. It inspires and it motivates. We think too, well, if you can't meet them and they're not alive, then that's not going to work so much. And that is not no. true. Share those stories. So when we're, you know, with our children and we want them to have those positive role models, look right to your family tree. That's right. Look right back there and share those stories over and over. That's totally who they will admire. Works. We just went to a wedding of a nephew and had the whole weekend. But I remember – and it was weird because I, I sat by my dad and my mom was in the room. It was really cool and because I don't really ever have my mom and dad in the same room unless there's a legal dispute or <laughs> – not just kidding. Unless, there, unless there's a wedding. To, yeah, there's papers, papers to sign. Um, but it was cool because then I could sit with my dad. And I, it's interesting though. What we would end up talking about is my grandma mm-hmm. and my grandpa. So tell me about my grandpa and because I didn't know about him. And, right. And but those stories and, and then like where did you get your sense of humor and I'd find out where I I mean all of a sudden I'm knowing where my uh, my wannabe sense of humor comes from it's powerful it is it's really powerful and so instead of encouraging our children to look to television or look to media yeah. or look to movies or even look to you know as great as superheroes are you know for me they don't work because they're not real no. so I have a hard time relating to that but if you tell me about an ancestor who was a very real woman who had real struggles. Or who was 13 and, you know, went through the – that I can That's relate huge. to. No, totally. And so we're connecting generations. So when we need those role models, instead of looking outside, come right back to home base. I love that. Bring it right back in. And well, and they all have your same values. So then you can st- – I mean even if they didn't have your same values, they're still in a safe space right. for you. It is. And we can use that too. We can say, you know, great grandma so-and-so struggled with this. Yeah. Or this value, you know, honesty was – and then we work that way too. That's when so great-grandma teaching, went on that murder spree. It's, it's exactly right. <laughs> we don't talk about it much, That's but a, it happened. Yeah, we don't want to go too deep into that. So go back to your ancestors. Look for role models there and teach your children about them. Share those stories. Now, while we're doing this and we come back to ourselves, we have to pick our priorities because as parents, we want to teach our kids everything. But we – it's not feasible. Right. We can't possibly teach them every value and skill perfectly. Mm. And so you mentioned this a couple of minutes ago. We really need to hone in on what it is that's most important to us and be sure we emulate that value as a role model all the time. That's cool. So if it's love, then we – if we want our children to learn to love and be good at that, then we better be showing love in all the right ways all the time. To that's them. cool. If it's honesty and that's what's most important to us or to our family, then we better be patterning or role modeling honesty all the time. That's um, – I mean that's what's interesting is who, who goes about thinking this you're, – you're doing this in such a formulaic way. Right. That how powerful is it if we could coach our children on this? Sure. And think this through. And see that's the thing. Sometimes as parents, we've got so – you know, we're thinking, well, I have to – 
I have to, you know, robe them with every last bit and piece. And and we try to do that. But there needs to be some core values that we hold dear to. Yeah. Maybe it's, you know, just our religion and, and it's it's this – maybe it's love. Maybe it's kindness. Whatever it is, empathy, then we have to live that. I love it. So if it's kindness, we can't be yelling and screaming, you know, in the car at the guy who no. cut us up. We, we've got yeah. to demonstrate kindness. Yeah. Model it. Be that role model. So we have to pick those priorities. Cool. Now, while we're doing that, we have to realize that our children are always watching. Mm. And we want to actually make sure they are. So if we believe that service is important and we want to be a role model of service, we can't serve alone without yeah. them. We well, need to so take them with us. it's so much easier sometimes. We're like, ah, I'll wait till they're at school and I'll serve. It's exactly right. Or even little things. If we wanted to develop – we want our children to develop a passion for reading, but we only read at night when they're in bed. Yeah. They never see us doing that. So we've got to pull the books out when they're awake and alert and paying attention and talk to them about how much we love books and why it benefits us if we want to instill that belief in them. So we want to make sure that they are watching. Now, at the same time, because they see everything, we've got to make sure we clean up our act a little bit (laughs) because there are things we pattern that we don't want them to pick up. Oh, yeah. No. Right? No. Right. So maybe it's something like maybe we love sugar, but Mm. we don't want to feed it to our kids all the time. Right. So Plus, we don't want them to eat our... Our stash, right? So eating six Snickers in front of them, not cool. Not cool. You got to hide. You wait till they leave. It's exactly right. You got to do that. So (laughs) that's where we make sure that those things that we don't – and it's kind of like we're saying we'll have a lot of bad habits and keep them in the closet. That's not what we're saying. They don't have to stay in the closet. You can have them in the car. (laughs) You could (laughs) keep them in the garage. Anywhere where there's not kids. (laughs) But really, we've got to make sure that if there are those bad habits, even little things. For example, maybe you bite your nails. I do actually. Right? You bite your nails. Did you point that out? I, I haven't looked. I've noticed. But it's if you do, rude. knock that off. Yeah, don't do that anymore. Stop. But we don't want I don't want our kids to bite our yeah, no. nails, right? Right. So if I'm sitting in the front seat of the car driving and I'm always biting my nails and I look back in the rearview mirror and our son is doing the same, I can't possibly get no. on him when I'm role modeling right, no. biting my nails. You know what you do? You just hit the brakes. Right. <laughs> just slam on the brakes. He'll so, bite his tongue, he'll never touch it. He'll nails never again. do it again. So those types of little things that we want to I love keep that idea. Away, we just have to, we have to be conscious. Con- yeah, that's right. We've got Pay to be attention conscious. to what you're modeling. I mean, Superman would watch out for what Superman was doing. It's exactly right. He didn't want, you know, want to be a poor role model, so he was always watching what he was uh, doing. Yeah, Wonder Woman. She wouldn't just park her her um, see through invisible plane anywhere. No, no, she wouldn't. She would park it appropriately. Right, right. And so we want to always make sure we're parking appropriately. That's right? right. So that's we're keeping good. that. So other things we can do too when we're dealing with our kids and helping oh, them with role models. Guess what. We're going to come back. we got to take a break. I get so into you that I don't even like pay attention to the clock. Kids, families are good stuff. They're really good stuff. And uh, you know what's cool about our grandparents and parents being good role models is they're not going to, you know, they're not going to go bad on you. Mm -mm. Especially if they've already passed away. That's right. (laughs) We're going to talk about that when we come back as well. We're going to continue more here with uh, Heather Johnson. Continuing our discussion about uh, superheroes, your role models. When we come back, I also will give you some ideas on some must-have conversations that you should be having with your grandparents, with Grandma and Grandpa. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back. 
in your satin tights fighting for your rights and the old red, white, and blue. You know, every time you walk in, Heather, this is the song that's playing in my head. This one is. I better go. I better go watch it. That sounds creepy. Play it a little bit more. But you know what I liked about uh, um, what I liked about Wonder Woman is she had the lasso of truth. She did. Which, it's a value. It's a which, virtue. It's a virtue, and I, I guarantee you would be a billion dollar enterprise. There you go. Do you know how many women would love a lasso of no, truth? It's true. <laughs> It's true. That's so funny. Hey, before we move on, you were talking about um, parents mm-hmm. and how parents can be really important role models. But um, one that I think that's also important are our grandparents. Right. Our and you, you brought in that we need to talk. Right. We need to tell the stories of the ancestors. Absolutely. Um, but it's always funny to me that here we sit in a room. I saw this at the wedding with some of the best wisdom of the family still at the table. Yet sometimes the older, you know, the older folks, they're not involved in the conversations. And so one thing that you might want to do is um, here's some questions we might want to go ask and make sure we are getting this information from our grandparents. Question uh, number one is I call it the who are we conversation. Your, your parents, your grandparents have a ton of information on who we are. Where are we from? Our ancestry. Right. What? What do you? You know. T- tell me about your parents. What? I mean, my family always they tell me we're Irish, Scottish. Okay. Don't know what that means. What does that mean? Yeah. I thought we were supposed to be redheads, <laughs> but, and like cheap redheads is what I thought. And apparently, there's more to Scottish and Irish than that. But what is our heritage and our family line? And we can use the question to find out about our our origins. What What do we? What would my grandparents do for a living? What were they like? Well, and just get into the who are we story because who better can tell you who you are than those that have, have known where you came from, right? The next conversation um, after the who uh, am I conversation or – and by the way, this is kind of the who are we conversation, me and my family. Right. The next one is um, the, the who are you conversation. Okay. The Who Are You conversation is a discussion specifically about your grandparents and their life together. So instead of the history and the heritage, right. tell me about you and mom and grandma, I mean. Tell me what your – I mean, this is where we could get into their values. What led you guys to live a healthy, happy life? So now we're into the Who Are um, – no longer just the Who Are We, but the Who Are You conversation. Find out um, what made them tick, how they fell in love. Great, great stories. Don't you think those would be great, great stories, stories to find Absolutely. out about? Absolutely. And th- this is how they can become your superhero. You can even – they're going to romanticize stuff. Sure. We all we do. All do. We all romanticize yeah. our story. Um, have them share how they decided which occupation to pursue or how many children they wanted to have. Ask them to share with you specific stories about the hardest parts of their lives and the most satisfying times of their lives. Mm, that's, those Ask are good for questions. the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ask them what was their purpose in their life and what rules did they live by and what lessons did they learn. That's where we get their values right. out of it. So we've kind of got the who are we as a family, who are you as a couple, and then the who am I conversation. This is the one where you ask grandma and grandpa um, who they think you are through their eyes. 
Who do Ooh. they see you as? Right. Because that's a big deal. Like nobody probably loves a kid more than a grandparent. Absolutely. Even the parents don't. Let's be real. So one of the questions um, that might go with that is who am I? Um, grandma and grandpa, when you look around at all of the children and grandchildren, what do you see? Uh, ask them to go around the room and tell things that they respect about their children and grandchildren. So if you had grandparents or, or, or your parents over at your house, you might want to say, Mom, will you just take a second and go and talk about each right. of the kids and what you see that you love? Ask those questions. Ask them how they feel about the world today, things like that, how technology might be influencing these cute little grandkids. Another great conversation that's probably part of what you're discussing here is the what matters most conversation. Mm-hmm. Ask them to comment on the values and goals of life. Ask them to share specific stories that taught them what truly matters most. Basically, have them give a witness of what matters most in their to life. Here you are at 80 years old. You just, you know, you just got done with some treatments on whatever. What matters most to you, Grandma and Grandpa? And then um, the what do I need uh, to know? And what do you need us to know conversation? In moving forward. In moving right. forward. So as grandma and grandpa living in this world with this crazy technology and life, what do we need to know, grandma and grandpa? And that's a, those are questions I would bring out in these conversations to get the values out. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, otherwise, they just sit there. Well, we don't utilize them enough. No. First, we don't have empathy enough often because we're so busy to look at our ancestors, at our grandparents and great-grandparents. And realize what it must be like to be old in the first place. Oh, yeah. Can you – I can't no. even begin to imagine. That's right. With all these crazy <clears throat> technologies. Well, and even just the fact that no one is there to need you anymore. Yeah, they needs were needed you? for so long and all of a sudden their children grow up and leave the house and spouses and friends are starting to mm-hmm. pass away. And they really don't feel worth because yeah. no one needs them anymore. Yep. What a great way to show them that not only they're needed but that their life has been of such value because it is why we're alive. That's right. And so those values, those skills, those superhero, you know, yeah. they they continue through generations. What I think is really neat about the family side of having your superhero in your family is you can trust it probably. I mean, or you can at least control the messaging. Right. What do you do if your child is like best friend or their superhero is somebody you totally don't relate they, to or, or their role model is somebody that – that we don't approve of, right? Or they make kind of some poor choices. It happens all the time. Usually it's because they're looking to someone in the media is where we see it a lot. But regardless of who it is, we want to first make sure that we're not killing their dream. Now, it's really easy to look at our kids and say, hey, why would you – that person's stupid. Don't emulate them. Why are you following them? Don't do that anymore. But we have to understand and be very sensitive that they are looking up to that person for some reason. Yeah, there's something about them, huh? Right. So instead of attacking, (laughs) instead of telling them they're an idiot because they're following someone they shouldn't be or using that person as a role model, we want to be really sensitive. And this is where we go back, like you've said, to asking questions. We really need to talk to them and ask and figure out why it is that they're or that they have chosen this person as a role model. Usually that comes down to money, fame, friends. Yeah, there's some draw. Attention, yeah. right? There's some draw. So we want to make sure, first of all, that we don't just kill the fact that they yeah. like someone or are following someone or that they've chosen this role model. We want to see why that is. I even think of our, our kids now in school and they're young and I think of our daughter and she sometimes tries to emulate or has a role model of this girl at school who isn't the best choice. She causes a lot of grief yeah. <laughs> in our house all the time. There's just a new drama. And we finally come down to realize that she emulates her or chooses to use her as a role model 
because she's got a lot of popular, a lot she's of friends, popular. a lot of, pop- of yeah. popularity. And so once we got down to that, we had to address those mm. choices. But looking at her and saying that's a stupid choice is going to turn them off right away. Well, it'll, it'll turn them to them. Right. So now you've divided and you've lost your right. power. So we lose that. So once we realize that, we then want to ask our children what they think about the role model's behavior. Now, this could be in a couple of different ways. Maybe it's a pop star Mm -hmm. who all of a sudden is on the front page of the news because they were caught drunk driving. Yeah. Right. So this is where we look at our kids and we say, "Okay, you love I don't know who you love Justin Bieber. Yeah. But are you you talking to James? Yeah. (laughs) James, you love Justin Bieber. (laughs) But what do you think about his behavior this last weekend? Yeah. James. So we ask them those questions. They have to then evaluate. Okay, well. I've been taught in my home these values or I believe these things. This person is going against that and they have to evaluate how they feel about this person that they role model, right, that they care about. So we want to ask what they think about that behavior. Then we want to follow it up with the question, what would you have done differently? Love it. Other than – what would you have done instead of what Justin did? Right, right. So if you were in that situation or if you – what would you do? Yeah, how would you have have handled that differently? Right. How would you have handled that differently? So first, we've taught them these values and skills. We're not going to belittle the fact that they you know, are patterning. We're talking. Right. We're talking. So you're going to ask them how you feel about the choices that this role model has made. Now, we're using Justin Bieber, but we could turn it back to our daughter and say, how do you feel about what happened at recess? It's exactly Right. right. Mean girl at recess. And she looks at us and says, well, this, this, I don't like this, and I don't like that. See, right there is so in... Oh, right. They're getting it. Okay, they're seeing the disconnect. Right. And so we're helping them instead of us saying that's a bad choice. Love this. They're realizing yeah. it themselves. Then we're going to say, what would you do differently? And our daughter can say, well, I wouldn't have treated her that way or I wouldn't have said that or I wouldn't have pushed her or mm-hmm. or they can look at Justin Bieber and say, well, I I wouldn't have drank 10 beers and then yeah. driven the car or yeah, whatever the it might be. Right. They, they start to see that. Now, once we've introduced these questions, we want to help offer them a substitute. Yeah. We want to give them someone different to pattern their behavior after. Don't you think David Archuleta would be a better choice? <laughs> would be a better choice than Justin Bieber. <laughs> so it can be this simple, as scripted as this. You know, Miley Cyrus doesn't seem to be making choices our family supports. But if you heard so-and-so's music, yeah. let's go listen to it, right? That's cool. So now, and this came to mind specifically with our six-year-old daughter who loves music. She is singing all day, all day. Yeah. She just loves it. But there are things that sometimes she might hear that <laughs> we don't yeah. approve of, right? Oh, yeah. So we have to address that and say to her, hey, this isn't the best choice or – Have you heard something different? Let's go listen to it. Right. If we just say you can't do that, no more singers. They all make bad choices. Or no more this or no friends at recess. They're all mean girls. They're stuck. Where do they go? They're alone. Well, they go to the the, um, underground. They go to the dark side. So they're going to start listening (laughs) to it just at school or they're going – yeah. They do. And so we want to offer them a substitute. Put someone in there that – that's back to our value system that we support so that they still have what they need, but we're heading in the right direction, mm-hmm. right? And they're choosing. And them. when in doubt, we Donnie go, and Marie. There you go. Always. You can't go wrong. How can you go wrong you with Donnie and Marie? You can't go wrong with Donnie and Marie. It's true. <laughs> Maybe a little outdated, but not. Sure. You can't go wrong. <laughs> Flashback. But we're talking about ancestors, yeah, right? Sure, we sure. want to go backwards to That's those right. things. And once we've done all of that, when we don't like who it is our children have chosen, we, we're going to end where we started, and that's right back with our values. Mm-hmm. We've got to go right back to them. We taught them those values for a reason. So ask your children, encourage them to get involved with activities, 
with people, with experiences that support the value system that we're living. And it's, you know, it sounds simple. It's a lot more complicated when that child is in front of us and we're working through it. But if we follow those steps, we will see that they will understand the disconnect Mm -hmm. and we don't have to tell them. And when they come to the discovery on their own, they're much more likely to jump on board and adhere to it. Don't you think then it's not a it's not about you crushing their idea. You let the ideas battle. Right. So if you just let the ideas in. And just say, well, how does that jive with the values you right. believe in? They'll and do it all themselves. They'll do it all themselves. Mm-hmm. And then what, what it'll do, that right there, that is like when China opened up uh, Hong Kong to democracy. Or to, Hong Kong was already in the democracy and China wanted to take it back. You can't take it back. No. You no. can't put it in there. And so once the idea is in your child's brain that they're not quite up to the values. Right. It's their idea now. That will just work and then eventually this person will slough off and then there'll be then we'll be talking about the next one. Right. And they start to make those positive choices looking for role models that support those values because they want to make those choices opposed to being imposed. Yeah. So you've actually just taught them some resiliency. Now they have the method to test their own values against their own world. Right. And that process too, when they've chosen something we don't necessarily support can be used again in Oh, yeah. In every aspect of oh, life, yeah. that exploration. Dating. How many times has a parent thwarted the dating right. life of right. their child? And if we look at, you know, our, our girls or, you know, our sons and say, hey, you know what? You can't date him anymore. Yeah. That doesn't go across the same because we've told them. Now we're right. dictating opposed to going back to, hey, let's discover why. Maybe we yeah. want to make another choice. Maybe we Man. want to make another choice. Heather Ann Johnson's her name. Family volleys are game. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the website familyvolley.com and uh, you'll learn. You'll learn how to volley your family. There you go. You know, she's the real deal. Hey, we're going to take a break. When we come back, though, are you going to stick with us, Heather Ann? Yeah, I'll stay around. She's going to hang out with us. Uh, we're going to find out which villain. We're going to take a quiz to see which villain you most, I guess, resemble. Okay. Me personally? Yeah, you. Okay, a villain. Okay. Uh, I already know I'm Justin Bieber. You're <laughs> the great villain. <laughs> the great villain of our times. Of our time. We'll take a break, folks. Coming back to wrap this show up on superheroes. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. This is a great song. Kryptonite. It kills all the superheroes. You really know that song? Could you oh, yeah. sing, could you sing along I don't know that? the words, but I listened to it uh, in my car. You've, you've heard it. My son-in-law gave me the, one of the greatest um, compliments ever after having 16 hours in the car with each other. Okay. He <laughs> says, you've got a lot of great music. Ooh, that is a good compliment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good compliment. I, and I didn't even know my son-in-law liked polka. <laughs> <laughs> I so, bet your daughter doesn't know that either. No. no. <laughs> I think he was sucking up to me. I love your polka albums. They are incredible. Uh, in the house, Alyssa's joining us, and Alyssa has been putting together or finding um, a, I guess, a questionnaire you're going to ask us, right, to help us to right. figure out which villain we... Which Disney villain. Oh, Disney villain. Yes. Yeah, really? it's different. I was yeah. thinking, wow. It's a whole new ballgame now. Yeah. Ah. 
takes you back. I think I'm Gaston. No, that's he's not a villain. He's not. Who's the guy in that show? Isn't he the one you'd never want your daughter to marry? Gaston? <laughs> he's a villain. Gaston. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, I'm Gaston. He's a villain. That's my villain. That's he eats my... a lot of eggs. He eats 12 dozen eggs. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, geez. That's a lot of protein. That's a lot of sulfur. Okay, um, so what are we going to do, Alyssa? Okay, so we're just going to take this BuzzFeed quiz. Okay, BuzzFeed quiz. Okay, so the first question, Heather and Matt, you mm-hmm. guys are going to give us the answers. Okay, I'm going to write um, my notes. <laughs> perfect. What's your greatest quality? And I have some answers for you to choose from. Okay. Yikes. Being manipulative, mm-hmm. sinister, <laughs> vain, <laughs> sadistic, mm-hmm. all of the above? or ambitious. Oh, jeez. Greatest quality. I don't like any of those qualities. <laughs> I want a new list. Why, You're a uh, villain. What was the first one? I'm a villain. Manipulative. What's I, the next one? I don't want that to be my greatest sinister. quality. See, this is we just this is hard to do. They're after hard. The, yeah, uh, you have like to the, label uh, yourself. I'm I want to be sinister. ambitious. I'll go with sinister. I'll okay. go with ambitious. Sinister. It sounds least mean. Right. You can kind of get away with that one. Okay. That's semi-positive. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I'm going with sinister. Yeah, I like sinister. Ambitious. Okay. Like sinister. Okay, perfect for Matt. <laughs> I'm trying to get a really good villain. Okay. She feels that suits you. The yeah, next yeah. question is: What is your ideal lair? Mm. Um, a castle deep in the woods. Too cold. A castle atop a mountain. A palace in a kingdom. Out in the wild, or in a cave. Oh, I'm going in a kingdom. Me too. Palace in a kingdom. There you go. Okay. Hmm. How do you prefer your sidekick? Medium rare. <laughs> Perfect. That's Silent. my answer. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, wisecracking, cunning, insane, sly, or I don't like sidekicks. Well, I have quite a few sidekicks. Ooh. Read them again. Wisecracking, cunning, insane, sly, or I don't like sidekicks. I like my sidekick insane. Okay. <laughs> I think I like mine cunning. You guys are complimenting each other right now, I guess. Cunning. You're kind of like my sidekick today. Yeah, it kind of works that way. You are insane. (laughs) insane. (laughs) Okay. What is the best motivation to be evil? Um, Is it for revenge, to obtain power, out of jealousy, pride, or spite? Uh, Where's money? (laughs) (laughs) That could be power, right? That's pretty much the root of all of those. So I need those again. I'm sorry. Revenge, power, jealousy, pride, or spite? Spite. Power. Oh, yeah. Like You're scary. I'll go power. <laughs> this is the dark side of Heather Revenge. That's me. I, I want least mean. <laughs> okay. What is the best accessory a villain can have? Um, a staff, cauldron, crystal ball, long robes, or none? A nun? <laughs> none of the above. Oh, good. <laughs> no... Uh, uh, no accessories. Uh, what that means. You gotta go with robes. robes. I was hoping you would choose that one. I'm, <laughs> I don't want. Robes. No, you should see me in a robe. <laughs> I, <don't want> <laughs> I can not. pull off a robe. Maybe not. That sounds bad. But okay. I robes. Okay, so what was the first one again? <laughs> Keep a staff. My robe on. Yes, a staff. Cauldron, crystal uh, ball. You robes. seem like a crystal ball girl. Yeah, me? I might have to go crystal ball. I kind of like that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crystal ball. <laughs> Okay. Which of these powers is the best? Um, being able to hypnotize people, <laughs> use magic spells, uh, metamorphose, um, put curses on people, or just plain old brute strength? 
Well, I've got that one. Obviously, <laughs> so I'm you gonna, don't need that I'm one. I'm going to go with hypnotize. What? Okay. One was hypnotize, two was what? Um, magic spells. I like magic spells. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, one of my magic spells could be to hypnotize. So really I'm, you know. You've got it all. We're going to. It's we're like gonna... the one wish that has all the other wishes. There you go. I want a million more wishes. <laughs> that is so scary. Oh, man. Okay. What are your power colors? So you get the choice of. <laughs> Don't say pink, Matt. Don't say pink. Orange and brown. Black mm. and red. Red and purple. Purple and black. Or black and gray. Those are kind of hard to picture all at once, aren't they? Black and red. Black and red. Uh, I gotta go. Darth either. Maul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so these are so hard. Let's let's go. Uh, let's go purple and red. No, let's go black and gray. Mm. Classic colors. Raiders. Black and gray. Ugh. Raider Nation. Black okay. And gray. okay we've Just only got a, a few more minutes. questions. Yep, yeah. Um, what's your weapon of choice? A staff. Mm. Henchman. Magic, of course. <laughs> teeth and claws or transformation? Oh, teeth and claws. Yuck. I'm going to go with henchman for $500. I'm going to go with magic. It was magic. Magic for 1000 Okay. One more question and then we will tabulate your results. Okay. <laughs> Which of so these exciting. do you hate the most? Yes. True love, beauty, family, not being included, or those with more power? Kittens. <laughs> Yep, that could be uh, true love, true love right? beauty, what family, else? not being included, or those with more power. Mm, not being included. Okay. What about you, Matt? That sounded sad. It, all <laughs> She's of those thinking are of sad. memories. Um, <laughs> true love, what was number two? Seventh grade. Uh, beauty. I'm going, I'm going with beauty. You hate beauty the most. You hate beauty? Beauty's – it's hard to be beautiful. Okay. It's a tough load. A tough it's, load that you carry. It's a really, that's why I wear robes. <laughs> Beauty. Okay, so as she's tabulating. Yes. Okay. Uh, appreciate you being on the show. Well, thanks for having me. It's you got to go to familyvolley.com. And again, this was hard because Heather was just trying to teach us about really good role models, and now we're going to find out what her what? villainous side is. Yeah. Okay, so Heather, you got Maleficent. Ooh. <laughs> You are the mistress of all evil. She's got a nice headset, yeah. though, headdress. <laughs> she and does. she even chose some nicer ones, too. She flies. She can fly. Maleficent. <laughs> That's what we're going to start calling you. Make sure we put that on the bio. And Matt got Jafar. Now show us how snake-like you can be. <laughs> Who's Jafar? <laughs> He's on Aladdin. Aladdin. Oh, I don't even know Jafar. You do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look up a picture. Jafar is a snake. Yes. Oh, well, no. He's that scary guy. Oh, yeah. That's scary. But I'm he has far. like a sense of humor. That That's just, kind of that fits you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it totally does. Yeah, we're yeah. we're going to wrap up the Jafar show. Uh, this is the Matt Townsend Show. Here's the quote of the day. The smallest good deed is better than the grandest good intention. Well, that's a good one. It's a great quote. Tomorrow, a daily approach to understanding people. Beverly Flaxington will be joining us and talking about her book to help us understand one another. This is Jafar. Over and out. Until tomorrow.